Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tonight, we are debating Islam versus atheism, and we are starting right now. Dr. Ahmed, I mean, I'm sorry, Nadir Ahmed versus J.F. Yes. Garape. And uh, Nadir is going to go first. So, Nadir, why don't you go ahead and take it away? All right. Thank you so much. Um, so we're going to be talking about Islam and atheism and why Islam. Well, it's going to be a very simple answer to that because the Quran is a scientific miracle. There are many statements in the Quran which agree with modern science and it will be demonstrated that it could not have been authored by any human being and it could only be a, a supernatural source. Now, <clears throat> having said that, you know, I'd like to also welcome Dr. Aguirre, I think if I was saying that name right, he's a, he's a neuroscientist, and I thought he's going to be just a perfect guy to have this debate. He has had a chance to look at our scientific evidences, and he's made a careful study of them. So I thought that's going to be good. So before I begin, I want to say at the same time, I also see like we're kind of both winners in this, in a sense, just being here, uh, because I could tell you something. If you, if you look at other religions like Christianity, and they will never open up their books for uh, scientific uh, cross-examination to find scientific errors and things like that, because they know that the Bible is riddled with scientific contradictions and they are indefensible. And one person, and you can look here on modern day debate or wherever you want, you will never find those apologists, Christian apologists, ever coming to do what I'm doing. Now, today we're going to be talking about scientific miracles, but I'm always open for other discussions like on scientific errors or things like that. But the Christians will never come for. I'll give you one example, David Wood. He's an example of one of these people who uh, you, they're very careful on what they debate over here. They'll debate like, does God exist? Let's talk about morality. This is what they want to debate with, with, with the atheists. And I think Dr. Gillespie will also or I'll just call it J.H., Dr. J.H. Uh, will, will also um, uh, understand that that's exactly what they do. So but we don't play those games. We are always open to debating these topics, and we don't run away like the Christians do. Um, so anyways, let me go ahead and begin. Uh, why the Quran is a scientific miracle. I'm just going to share my uh, share my desktop over here um, real quick. And uh, yeah, there you go. So first of all, let me make something clear. Hold on, I'm sorry. One second. Um, you're sharing your desktop? I'm going to pause your time for a second okay. while we figure this out. Um, let me see. Okay. Adding it to stream. All right. Go ahead. I'm restarting. I'm starting your time now. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so here we go. So um, just because you see that there is an agreement with science that doesn't automatically make it a scientific miracle. When you see an agreement with science, what you got to do, you got to call the COPS. COPS is an, an acronym which stands for, it could, it could, it could be many cases. It could be a coincidence. It could be something obvious. Maybe the author of the Quran was plagiarizing. Maybe the author of the Quran was a scientist. So just because you see an agreement with science, we should not jump to conclusion. But what we are going to see tonight 
is that cops is not going to be able to explain it. It's good. It, it, there's going to be something else because it is a frequency of the agreement with science, which makes it a scientific miracle, not just the individual occurrence, because cops can explain that. So there's going to come a, to a point in this debate where cops is just not going to work. So let's go ahead and start with our first uh, scientifically correct statement, and that is on the issue of alcohol. So the first thing which I wanted to kind of point out is, number one, the Quran avoids the scientific inaccuracies of that time. And if you look back then, people believed like alcohol was good for your heart, it's good to, I'm just going to go very quickly through my notes. I'll ask that you guys please hit pause on my on the YouTube video to get all my notes, okay? So because I got, I got a lot to cover here. So anyways, they had a lot of mis, uh, misunderstandings, like the like alcohol was needed to grow healthier babies. I mean, forget about back in 1919. Let's just talk about today. In my last debate on this topic, people still are not getting it scientifically, the, what the scientifically correct statement regarding alcohol. Even till today, they can't get it right. Yet Muhammad, an illiterate man living 1400 years ago, made two scientifically correct statements. So let's go ahead and take a look at the first one. First, let's see what science really says about alcohol. It says, many studies have shown that the overall health risks of drinking alcohol um, outweighs any benefits. Let's go to the Quran. The Quran states, they, regarding alcohol, they have some benefits for the people, but their harm is far greater than the benefit. Notice the word-for-word -word agreement with modern science. That's one. Let's take a look at the next, uh, the next agreement. The Quran inside chapter 5, verse 90 <clears throat> completely bans alcohol. Now, they're not the first person to do it, probably not the last one. I mean, but there's so many different scenarios. Maybe you could say, okay, a little bit of alcohol is okay for medicinal purposes. Like they used to drink alcohol to solve like issues from the common cold to stroke and heart attack. But the Quran got the right dosage correct. It says um, there should be no alcohol. And the impact of that as we have read from the following uh, uh, scientific study, now science today tells us that Muslim women are 50 times less likely to give alcohol, um, to, to give birth to a baby who has fetal alcohol syndrome. This is a condition which affects the, the, uh, the child in which it causes certain types of brain damages. So Muslim women are what? 50 times less likely. So the, the, the science of the Quran has had a profound, found impact on, on, on humanity. Millions of kids were saved from fetal alcohol syndrome because of the teaching of the Quran. Now, like I said, other people have banned alcohol in the past, you know, but they were never able to achieve the level of success that you are seeing on your screen right over here. So there is something very special about the Quran, which, 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 you know, uh, Dr. Gillipay needs to need to needs to answer. So okay, so those are two. Now, does that mean that it is a scientific miracle? No, we call the cops. Cops can explain it. Maybe you could say he plagiarized. Maybe you could. I don't know. There's so many different scenarios that you could come up with. Cops can explain that. Now, let us go to uh, two scientifically correct statements on the issues of ants. So. In the Quran, going very quickly here, chapter 27, verse 18, it's it talks about ants, that the ants were actually vocally talking. 
Now, this was something which to many people was viewed as being laughable. They thought this was a scientific error, like you can see over here in the following uh, discussion with Jay Smith. However, science has confirmed that ants do indeed talk. A very Google keyword search here, ants talk and list several references. So once again, the Quran got it right, scientifically correct. Not only that, but if you actually go back to the verse, you could see that he's sounding off an alarm. The ants are sounding off an alarm saying, hey, listen, you might get crushed by the, um, by the troops of Solomon. Do ants actually vocalize alarms? Again, we go back. This is an article by Vice News in which a scientist talks about. It says over here, the sounds made by the mature ant pupa serves two functions, research suggests. The first is to indicate, as above, is to, is to sign off an alarm. Word-for-word word agreement with the Quran. Now, does that prove to, it to be a miracle at this point? No, you can call the cops. Cops can explain it. So uh, let, let, let's move on to the next one here. Um, okay, so going back over here, we, we also the Quran also made three scientifically correct statements on, on, in, on marine biology, specifically referring to the seas. Science today tells us that there are barriers in the seas. One of the barriers, the barrier actually has got a name, as you can see, is called a picnic line. This is an invisible barrier. It cannot be observed. Okay. And, and, and so we could see in the Quran, chapter 55, verse 19, it says, and between them is a barrier which do they, they do not overrun or something. And in, in, in many translations, it's transgress. And notice this is an invisible barrier. It cannot be, it cannot be seen or noted. Uh, the Quran also states also that there are internal ways in the seas. And this is found inside, um, let's go to internal ways. I know we've got a few more minutes here. Uh, how many, how got a little bit over one minute. Okay, a little over one minute. Wonderful. Okay. So science today tells us that within the seas, there are internal ways. You'll actually find that stated in the Quran. Inside chapter 24, verse 40, it says, or is an utter darkness in a, in a vast deep ocean covered by waves upon waves. And then the Quran concludes, and as it talks about the darkness of the deep seas, that for him who has there, who there is no light, I'm sorry, for him who has been granted um, light, basically, let me paraphrase, it's comparing the darkness of the deep seas as a place with no light. Three scientifically correct statements. So now it's going to be turn. It's going to be the time for the doctor to speak over here. And all he's going to do, he's going to come and he's going to say, oh, this stuff was borrowed. He's going to give alternative interpretations. But by doing that, what he's actually going to be doing, he's going to be digging a, uh, his own grave. Because when I come back up here, I'll show you how all those explanations he's going to be offering you will not work and actually will backfire against him. So go ahead and enjoy your time in the sun. Because when I come back up here, it's going to be hammer time, and you will see how the Quran is a scientific miracle. And right. this is your turn. Go ahead. Right. Thank you so much, Nadir. Right. I'm going to kick it over to JF for your 10-minute opening statement. I'm going to reset the timer, and the uh, floor is yours. So Nadir claims that some of what we've seen could not have been written by any human being. Uh, the reality is that it has been written before, and I can show that historically, before the Quran was ever written, at times centuries before it was written, 
there were people understanding those very details that Nadir has paid attention to. It is not surprising in the year 600 or around 600 to understand that ants can communicate. And I will show that we understood that centuries before. Now, on the approach of the cups, uh, which is four possible explanations for someone to be right before everyone understands that he's right. Uh, coincidence, obviousness, plagiarism, or scientism. In other words, the person may have been lucky, the person may have been copying someone else, the person may have uh, found something that everyone always ever knew, or they may have performed their own scientific work. Now, suppose that there was something really novel in the Quran. Um, that wouldn't shock me. It's not outside of the bounds of the possible that um, Mohammed, at some point in his life, uh, was making science or was talking to people who were, were making science. Uh, this is not something that would tell me there has to be a divine intervention. That being said, with these four criteria, I think that Nadir has defunded the police. Because I think there are plenty of other criteria, and I would like to refund the cups. I would like to add two different criteria. One is kind of a subsection of plagiarism, but there is such a thing as loose inspiration. And sometimes if, uh, if people before you for centuries have written certain words, you can be loosely influenced either because you read them but you don't remember, or because someone else read them and they've then passed on already this knowledge and eventually it gets to you in a different form. So let's not forget that plagiarism is, uh, is a very high threshold for something that exists at a much more deeper level and much more broad, which is one can be loosely inspired by something that existed before him, but that he couldn't necessarily trace back to that thing. Uh, the second thing is that <clears throat> someone can know uh, someone can know something, state it in writing, and then we can misinterpret it when we look back at it. And I think a lot of the examples that are brought today by Nadir are over-interpretations of, uh, of statements in the Quran from a modern perspective. And when you look at them from, uh, from the perspective in which they were written, you understand that they don't show the insight that Nadir claims. So let's get started. Uh, on another comment before we get started on the review of the specific points, Nadir says that the frequency of the agreement with science is what matters. But what we haven't heard from Nadir is an evaluation of the frequency of falsehood of, uh, of the Quran. And that's a problem because we have someone claiming here that he can assess the insightfulness of a text by saying the frequency of being right, but he's not studying the frequency of when the Quran is wrong. And the Quran is wrong when it describes the number of days in which the earth was produced, the number of days that it took God to create the heavens. These things are wrong. They are scientifically wrong, and we know that it didn't take two days, nor did it take any multiple of two days. It took billions of years before uh, planet Earth looked the way it looks, because it had to accumulate gases that were produced by life forms that took billions of years to expel this gas in the atmosphere, thus creating what could be referred to as the heavens. So. 
if if he wanted to be serious about a frequency case for the righteousness of the Quran, he would have to examine those errors. He doesn't. And so let us reject this frequency argument. So on the question of alcohol, uh, Nadir's representation if that is that current science has concluded that alcohol is bad, that the benefits are smaller than the disadvantages. That is not a current conclusion of science. That is what some scientists may think. But the, the, the question of whether something is good or bad for you is a moral question. It is not a factual question. And no doubt there are some things that are good about alcohol, some things that are bad. Some of the things that are good that we know from modern science, it does seem to uh, to reduce the risk of certain heart diseases. On the other hand, certain things that are bad, it does affect your liver in a bad way that can lead to death. So it's not a conclusion of current science that alcohol is good or alcohol is bad. It is an opinion, and it's an opinion that can be rooted in scientific facts. Now, the Quran doesn't have particular insight on why alcohol is bad and it doesn't have scientific insight. What the Quran offers is a perspective from the time back then where they have been making observation. You could see that someone would be drunk, you could see that someone would behave in a negative way, and that's why they have banned the alcohol in the Quran. I quote 591, Indeed, Satan desires to incur enmity and hatred between you through wine and gambling, and he desires to prevent you from God's remembrance and prayer. Yet, will you then give them up? So this explains why the Quran bans alcohol. They had just noticed that People who consume alcohol are trending towards social enmity and they didn't want this. And they are also trending away from the religion and the worship. So that's why they banned alcohol, not because they understood the effects on the brain or on the heart. None of this. It was not pre-scientific knowledge. It was observation. On the question of the ants, uh, the fact that ants communicate was known uh, back before 79 AD, because sometime before 79 AD, Pliny the Elder wrote his Natural History, and in his book of Natural History, we can read the following. And for as much, uh, this, this is about ants. He says, and for as much as they make their purveyance in diverse places and bring from all parts without knowledge one of the other, they keep among them certain market days for a mutual interview and conference together. And verily, it is a world to see. It is a world to see how then they will assemble, what running, what greeting, what intercourse and communication there is between them. Whilst they are inquisitive as they meet one another, what news abroad, even like merchants at a bars. So it's old English. Uh, in which it was translated initially, but you can understand from just this passage that in 79 AD, more than 500 years before, uh, more than 500 years before the Quran, there were people knowing that ants do communicate. On the question of the barriers in the sea, the internal waves, simply a poetic expression that there are waves upon waves, 
does not indicate a mathematical or physical understanding of the phenomenon of internal waves. It could just mean that fishermen back then were perceiving series of waves, and sometimes they were perceiving waves that were curling above other waves. It is not a demonstration of a pre-scientific understanding. And as far as the darkness of the deep sea, which the Quran would have indicated, this was known a long time ago. I have a text here, for example, from the Greco-Roman poet Opian, uh, between 100 and 200 AD, and he's describing the work of the deep divers as they get deep into the sea. And they knew back then that there was no light that was getting deep into the sea, or there was less light, because they were using oil to light up the bottom of the ocean. He says, but when he takes heart of courage, he leaps into the eddying waves, and as he springs, the force of the heavy gray lead drags him down. Now when he arrives at the bottom, he spits out the oil, and it shines brightly, and the gleam mingles with the water, even as a beacon showing its eye in the darkness of the night. This is a description of a diver going at the bottom of the ocean to gather sponges or to gather shells. So people knew back then from the fishing industry that the bottom of the ocean were not uh, were, were, were in darkness. They were like the night, as described by this poet who had interviewed fishermen. So none of what has been presented by Nadir suggests divine intervention, suggests the need for a superior being. And finally, uh, the Pycnocline comment, the description in the Quran of this Pycnocline, which is the interface between fresh water and salt water, um, is not scientifically correct. The Quran talks of a barrier, a barrier that keeps uh, mixing from happening, when in fact uh, in the Pycnocline there are transfers of molecules, water passes, ions pass, it's just that the molecules are in an equilibrium state so that one type of water doesn't become the other. Now, was, was the Quran knowing any scientific detail about the Pycnocline? No, they didn't. They just knew there was some kind of mechanism that kept fresh water separate from salt water, because you can see that <coughs> partition when you look at the meeting of the rivers with the ocean. And I don't know, am I close to my end time? Yeah, we're about 30 minutes, 30 seconds over now. <coughs> okay, I will just read Pliny the, the Elder on this scientific process, which leads to the Pycnocline. And in fact, Pliny the Elder, the Elder, 500 years before the Quran, was more accurate in his description. He says, of all the wonders in this passet, that certain fresh waters hard by the sea issue and spring forth as of out of pipes. For the nature of the waters also seizeth not from strange and miraculous properties. Fresh waters run aloft the sea as being no doubt the lighter, and therefore the sea water, which naturally is heavier, upholdeth and beareth up so whatever is brought in. Yea, and among fresh waters, some there might be that float and glide over others. That is a more appropriate description of what the Pycnocline is. It's water floating above some other body of water. It is not a barrier. There's nothing blocking the exchange there. So that's my speech for the introduction, and I guess we can review other arguments going forward. All right. Thank you so much, JF.
That is uh, just about a minute and 43 seconds over, but uh, is that okay, Nadir? Are you all right with that? Yeah, this is going to be easy for me. No okay. problem. <laughs> um, so before we go to the open discussion, I just want to let everybody know, especially if it's your first time joining us on Modern Day Debate, that we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we want you to feel welcome no matter what walk of life you're from, whether, whether you're Christian, atheist, uh, Islamic, or whatever your beliefs may be. If you have a question for one of our, one of tonight's debaters, please fire it into the old live chat. Please tag me at Modern Day Debates if you uh, want to have your question read. Um, Make sure that, uh, please understand that uh, Super Chats will be read uh, first. They will be given priority. If you tag me at Modern Day Debates and uh, the Super Chats start flowing in, then there's a chance that your your, your uh, question might not get read. Um, that happens sometimes, so I'm sorry. But um, as I said, uh, Super Chats will get priority. Um, but again, please tag me at Modern Day Debate if you have a question for our debaters. If you like what you're hearing from them, there. are Links will be in the description, whether you're listening on the podcast or on YouTube. So please go ahead and check them out. Our uh, debaters are the lifeblood of the show, and we really appreciate them. So please do give them some love and check out their links. Um, hit the like button and show James some love. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, let James know that you love what he does here, and you can get some more debates in your queue. And with that, we will go ahead and kick it over to the open discussion. Actually, I need to... Uh, I'm going to set a timer for 60 minutes. So let me do that. Delete that. 60 minutes. So I'm going to start that in a second. And then we're going to do two minutes each. Um, I guess since Nadir opened, we can let I can go, go first. first. I think Nadir first. can go yeah. now because he may have stuff to say about yeah. my intro. We're going two minutes okay. back and forth. Two minutes back and forth. Uh, at right. your first word, I will start. Okay, thank you. So basically, um, what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of tighten the news. Most of what the doctor provided for us is false and misleading information. No barriers was not mentioned inside any previous book. No, none of the things about the internal ways is mentioned. None of this stuff. He is reading science into ancient texts and we'll ask him, we'll challenge him, share your desktop show what you're quoting, and when you actually look at it, none of the scientifically correct statements which we find in the Quran is founded in those textbooks. But I actually don't care because it is a pointless issue because how can you do a copy job from all the sources which, which he was mentioning perfectly without copying over the scientific errors? How could you do a copy job and leave no trace that there's similarities between Pliny, the elders' work, and the Quran. That's impossible. How do you know what is scientifically accurate in those books and what is not? So the theories which he's presenting to us do not make any sense. So, uh, but let me go to some of the factually incorrect information he stated. Uh, he stated, and I'm going to correct you. Regarding the studies of alcohol, he said this was an opinion article. As you can see, I'm quoting a CNN article over here. This was a global study. It says, many studies have shown that the overall health risks of drinking alcohol outweighs any, any benefits. And it debunks the false claim, oh, but it's good for your heart. And by you issuing this scientifically inaccurate statement, doctor, this proves the Quran. Why? Because why can we not find his scientific errors in the Quran? So as, now, if you have a problem with this study, then you should bring forth a, a peer-reviewed journal 
which 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 somehow refutes this, but you did not. So uh, so again, what we have here are two scientifically correct. That's two minutes. All right, All right. So on the first point, how could one copy Pliny the Elder without leaving any trace? Oh, I know a couple of ways in which this could happen. Although I've not claimed that uh, Mohammed has copied uh, the Pliny the Elder. Uh, what happens probably is that someone around Muhammad, the, the prophet, um, someone heard about Pliny the Elder, someone got access to this widely distributed encyclopedia of natural history, one of the most successful of its time. And this knowledge made it to the speech of Muhammad, who then transmitted it orally to his followers, who then, by remembering uh, orally what they had heard, led to the written version of the Quran. But don't worry about the special mechanism in which Pliny the Elder gets in the Quran. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is someone, a human being, has written about ants communicating 500 years before the Quran did. Was they, were, were they also uh, inspired by God? Were they also a prophet? Was Pliny the Elder a prophet because he had so much things right about nature? And by the way, when you read Pliny the Elder, you will realize that this guy is making a correct scientific statement every line that he writes. The Quran, you have to dig to find one that is just compatible or seconds. that may look like science. On the question of the CNN article about alcohol, uh, it's not a question that will be determined by a peer review study. The question is, our moral choices, our moral preferences about medication or alcohol or whatever in life, are they subject to scientific analysis? The answer is no. Moral preferences are preferences. They are not facts and they are not provable by the methods of science. So there is no there is no global I'm, study I'm that will change this. That's time. Um, but I'm going to interrupt for a second, guys. I'm sorry. As a point of order. Um, would you guys prefer for me to interrupt you guys at 30 seconds uh, to give you a heads up on that or no? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, second question. Would you like me to, instead of saying it out loud, to like signal you? Like I could do that kind of tap right there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, resume. Uh, Nadir, that's you. your first word. Okay. So uh, thank you. Uh, listen, uh, doctor, thing is, bring up one issue at a time, please. So, and, and you have to, I think, correct yourself. You said this was an opinion-based article. No, this is the scientific, this is the conclusion of the scientific community, which I am sharing with you. Uh, they did address in the article, the issue which you brought about, there's some good about alcohol that it could help your heart or something like that. They debunked that nonsense also. So here's my point. I have challenged, when we talk about what is the official position of science, you got to bring documented scientific literature like I'm doing. You have bought none. Now, I'm trying to chase after all the false statements you have made. So, uh, you know, you're kind of all over the place. But let me just begin, begin with this. I'd like to just give you 10 seconds of my time for you to retract your statement when you said this was an opinion-based article. Would you like to do that right now? Uh, I did not say opinion-based article. Okay, so you do accept this is a science. This is the conclusion of the scientific community. So, um, okay, that's fine. So we can we can. No, uh, the, I don't accept this. Uh, but I didn't use the words reference? that you used. Okay, do you have any reference to counter what I am presenting to you? 
I am explaining to you a no, truth no, no, about moral systems. I'm not asking you about that. I'm asking you when you say that my this, the evidence which I have presented to you from science, when you say this is incorrect, that I've you need to pro provide some evidence to back that up. Do you have any evidence? <clears throat> you do not need evidence to back up the idea that moral preferences are not sub not subject to a factual analysis. However, if you no, do want a reference, if you do want a reference okay. that explains this point, uh, you can read Walter Sinatam Strong, Moral let me, Skepticism. Let me, time, let me get my time back. So you're turning this into a moral issue, but the thing is here, this is a s official scientific position, and let us show for the record that Dr. Agrippe, he's coming with no references. He's just giving his opinion. Okay, sorry. All right, I'm coming with no references, but I just gave a reference. Moral Skepticism by Walter Sinatam Strong from Duke University, professor of philosophy. If you want the full explanation of why moral go? preferences are not subject to scientific or, or peer-reviewed analysis of empiricism, that's why, simply. And so you go read the book and you, you tell me what you disagree with. I'm sorry, hold on uh, a second, Jeff. Jeff, did you hear uh, anything he said, Dr. Ahmed? I'll restart his time. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I got cut out. Sorry, can you repeat? Okay, Jeff, Jeff, I, I will just repeat. Yeah. So uh, you accuse me of not providing references. I provided a reference, Walter Sinatam Strong, Moral Skepticism, a wonderful book which explains why a preference about having one thing or not having one thing is not subject to a factual empirical analysis and therefore it doesn't change anything. A, a scientific paper couldn't be written about this because it's a philosophical matter what someone prefers. Do you prefer dying of liver attack or heart attack? Because whether you want alcohol or not will influence what you die from. Those are moral questions. They are not subject to factual review. Uh, then he accuses me of taking one point at a time, but uh, all, I'm, all I've been doing is addressing his points. So the points that he gave in two minutes, I respond to them in two minutes. And finally, the whole uh, attack that I'm, I'm presenting the CNN global study, so-called study, as an opinion article, those are not the words I use. I didn't say opinion article. I say if the CNN article or whatever study they are quoting concludes that alcohol is bad and that the the cons are bigger than the pros, then it is a moral statement and it is not a study based in empiricism. Okay, so I think you are turning it into a moral statement. What I'm presenting to you is the official scientific position on alcohol. Okay, so this is something which is not, I have already researched, it is not being questioned by any of the science, uh, anybody in the scientific community, okay? But you cannot handle the fact that this is the exact correct statement which we find in the Quran. So you are turning this into some kind of moral issue, and this is not a moral issue, okay? This is an issue pertaining to modern science. Now, you have made most, actually, to be very honest with you, most of what you've presented is false and misleading. You have said statements like, um, you know, that the picnic line was mentioned in, in these uh, past books, The Barriers in the Seas. You stated that uh, uh, the darkness in the deep seas was stated in all these books. No, they're not. Okay, you are falsely reading science into those textbooks. And But I, I'm trying to uh, pick the path of least resistance here because it really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter because we can prove the scientific miracle of the Quran by merely pointing out that what you offer to us in terms of when I asked you the question, wait a second, how can you copy from these books without 
Number one, copying over those scientific errors into the book. Number two, not leaving any trace or evidence of what you're doing. Like, for example, some similarities in the passages. How are you doing this? And how are you, with a laser-like focus, going through these books and finding out what are the correct scientific statements in there? That's impossible. So he tried to produce a mechanism. Okay, so if you hand it from one generation to the next and to the next, then you can perfectly get the scientific correct statements from these past books, which, by the way, they these statements don't even exist in there. But let's just go along with it. Let's go along with it. Okay, so that and doesn't that make any time. sense. <clears throat> All right. So somehow science books are not sciencey enough, and I read science into science books. Pliny the Elder, when he wrote Natural History, was making an explicit statement. He wanted to explain the world, and it comes out. He may be wrong on a lot of things he stated, but clearly that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to find an explanation for the mechanisms of the world. Now, you don't have to ask yourself if I read too much science into something or if Nadir does. You can compare the textuals. Let us compare what is said in the Quran with what I read earlier by Pliny the Elder. So the Quran said, and it is he who has released the two seas, one fresh and sweet and one salty and bitter, and he placed between them a barrier and prohibiting partition. <clears throat> this could be compatible with some aspects of reality. There is indeed sweet water and there is salty and bitter water. They do have to meet at some point. And the question of the prohibiting partition is very doubtful from a scientific perspective. Now compare this with Pliny the, the Elder. Of all wonders this passet that certain fresh waters hard by the sea issue and spring forth as of, out of pipe. So he's giving the idea of rivers basically uh, being dropped into the sea. For the nature of the waters also sees it not from strange and miraculous properties. He's talking about this fascination of the waters. Fresh waters run aloft the sea as being no doubt the lighter, and therefore the seawater, which naturally is heavier, upholdeth and beareth up whatever is brought in. Yeah, and amongst fresh water, some there be that float and glide over others. So he's saying it's a question of heaviness. So he's having a scientific explanation here. He's telling us what is thinking around this. He thinks that water floats over some other water and because some is less heavy. Okay, thanks. Um... Okay, so basically, let's let's circle back to the issue on. Let me finish up what I what I was saying on alcohol. You have two scientifically correct statements. Uh, I think you try to turn this into some kind of moral issue or something like that. So once I finish up on alcohol, then I'll, I'll move over to see. I promise you. Here is a scientific miracle checklist, at least regarding alcohol. Okay, it says he avoids number one. The Quran avoids the scientifically wrong views held as common knowledge of that time. Check. We know that regarding alcohol. In fact, as I pointed out, people are still making scientifically inaccurate statements even till today. Like, for example, the one the doctor made that, well, you still need alcohol for your, for your heart. People still can't get it right today. Ah, but if the Quran got it right 1,400 years ago, two scientifically correct statements. Second, check. Exists an agreement with science. Yes, the document which I showed you, which is the global study, which has not gone challenged by academia, that's what the scientists believe, that the Quran agrees with. Both two statements. 
And the second and the third check, no traces of how knowledge was acquired, like was this being copied from a previous source? If he is observing and doing experiments on his own, well, then that means there will be calculation, postulants, trials, and errors. But we don't see any of that. Okay, good. So we got two scientifically correct statements. Does it, is it a miracle at this point? No, not yet. Now let's go on to the verse regarding uh, seas. Well, first of all, let me uh, let me uh, uh, first of all deal with the first issue about this mixing. The Quran doesn't say anything about mixing, and the and I think you are misreading the verse. The issue about salt water and fresh water that is not the verse which I quoted for you. So. Uh, let me let me get you that verse again, just so that you can take a look at it. The verse well, which I—that's the, the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I had a minute, thirty seconds, but okay. So going back to uh, the idea of alcohol, uh, you said that no trace of how the knowledge was acquired is available. Well, it is available. It is indicated in the Quran itself, and I, I would expect a believer in the Quran not to. Uh, not to think that the Quran is erroneous on its own assessment of how it got to its conclusion. Quran 591 again states, Indeed, Satan desires to incur enmity and hatred between you through wine and gambling, and he desires to prevent you from God's remembrance and prayer, yet will you then give them up? So what he's saying is basically alcohol is bad because Satan wants you to take alcohol so that you can have social enmity. So he's saying the problem with alcohol is the resulting social behavior. So there you go. Uh, whoever wrote this knew that when you drink alcohol, you become drunk and you become socially awkward. That's what they were after. Okay, so thanks. So uh, well, first of all, I think you're misunderstanding again. Um, the issue, when I said there's no traces, what I mean, there's no trace of plagiarism. There's no traces of that, you know, he's doing scientific analysis because you'll find postulum theories, uh, calculations, things like that, trial and error. We do not find any of that in the Quran. Now you said, okay, fine. The Quran, see, his point is this, the Quran got it right. But that the intention is not the scientific to agree with science. He didn't know the science at that time. He was really trying to warn people against Satan. Possible, very possible. So when we go back and we look under cops, what does that fall under? It falls under C. He's saying this is a coincidence. A coincidence meaning that, okay, you agreed with science, but that's not your intention. You really meant something else. So it is an unexpected consequence. Okay, fine. Very possible. Maybe this is a coincidence. Again, we got we to gotta look at all the possibilities. Now, I think you have misunderstood the verse on, 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 on the barriers and seeds. This has nothing to do with salt and fresh water. So if you look at the verse in front of you, can you guys see my desktop? No. It says he has merged. Now. Can you guys see it? Now it is. Okay, he has merged the two seas together. Has nothing. This says nothing about salt and fresh water. Between them is a barrier. Do you see that word barrier? That is not found in Pliny the Elder or any of the texts which you have quoted. <laughs> okay, and it's not also found okay, in let me, let me reality. Let me find my, well, this is I'm quoting reality right here in front of you. This is from NASA's website. The picnic line acts as a barrier, and it talks about it within the deep seas. Here's more reality for you. Uh, I, I think where the problem here is. You can't handle what science is actually saying because it agrees with the Quran. Here's another reference for you. The, the picnic line is a barrier to the downward propagation, talking about within the seas. So, so once again, we see 
three and scientifically correct time. statements not found in any other book. It is very clear in the quote that you give, which I, I believe comes from a different part of the Quran or maybe a different translation, I don't know. But it is very clear that it is said that they will not overrun, overrun the barrier. Uh, let me read here the first paragraph in the first paragraph of the Wikipedia description of the pycnocline. However, vertical mixing across a pycnocline is a regular phenomenon in the oceans and occurs through shear produced turbulence. Such mixing plays a key role in the transport of nutrients. So there is no such thing as parts of water that do not overrun each other. The pycnocline is a gradient. It's a gradient through which things pass. Therefore, to characterize it as a barrier is as much an error in the Quran as it is an error in the, the so-called scientific literature that you quote from a website. Now you claim that I invoked a coincidence as to Pliny the Elder, as to, as to the statement on alcohol uh, that is found in the Quran. Uh, no, this is not what I've invoked. I do not invoke the coincidence. I claim that the people who wrote the Quran or who memorized it in oral form knew that alcohol led to social awkward behavior, what they call social enmity and Satan. And that is what they did. They have acquired information from their environment and they have therefore emitted tips to their to their co-religious that this should not be done because they were fighting something that they knew would happen as a result of alcohol, which was social enmity. Okay, uh, thank you. So yeah, that's called a coincidence. So what, you mean, what you're basically meaning to say is that that's not the real reason why alcohol was banned to agree with science. It was for some other reason. So when we look at the situation of the Quran saving millions of children from fetal alcohol syndrome, that is an unintended consequence. This is what the definition of a coincidence is. So let me go back to, first of all, this whole issue about mixing is a non-issue. Why? The Quran doesn't say anything about mixing. Here is, I'm going to share my desktop. Can you guys see my desktop over here? Or I have here in front of me, in fact, I'll share it real quick. 60 three different translations of the Quran. Can't see it yet, just you know. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, here you go. Here are 63 different translations of the Quran. Let's control F. Let's type the word mix. And so you have like maybe two, three, two or three uh, words which refer to mix. But what they all say is that they do not, the lion bari, lan and what that means is that they do not transgress. Transgress, what it means over here, meaning violating the laws of God. So this is, and you will find this word, which I'm highlighting over here. Oops. <laughs> here we go. That they do not violate, they do not encroach, or they do not transgress. That is a better translation. And you will find that all throughout the Quran referring to transgress. Okay. So I think what you're doing, you're just kind of quoting um, an English translation, but, but there are better English translations. Now, the, even if we were to go that route, and um, so anyway, so let me let me just very quickly address the point here that look when you say that this word layenbarian that this is referring to mixing, the burden of proof is upon you to really substantiate that, and I don't think you have. So I think anybody who reads Arabic and understands Arabic will see the fallacy in this because layenbarian what it means is that you do not transgress and violate the laws of God. Right. The thing with these uh, interpretations of translations is you, you, you have to take them in package. 
why would there be some talk of a barrier or even the idea of a transgression if it wasn't to talk about the mixing of the two oceans? There is literally not one of these translation alternatives, and I read them all for that segment of the Quran to make sure that I understood the space of things that it could mean. And there is literally not one that doesn't mention in some form that something isn't passing between fresh water and salt water or between one ocean one ocean or the other now there are alternative interpretations that we could give even if we were to reject the idea of a barrier uh, suppose that there is there is just the idea of no transgression it could be land it could be something that separates the two oceans land would qualify because it doesn't allow the mixing between the two oceans and it constitutes a physical barrier also and it keeps the water from transgressing toward the other side in any case i've already demonstrated that pliny the elder understood that kind of mechanism centuries before this was written in the Quran. So even if you were to reach a point where we would agree that there was some kind of insight into the Pycnocline in this passage, we would still be uh, within the current knowledge that people should have had at the time if they were somehow educated. Okay. Well, let me make something very clear for you, uh, Dr. Agarpi. A lot, there's millions of people who speak Arabic. La yanbari does not mean mixing. Okay, I'm just letting you know that right now. This is a laughable point. And, I, and so, yes, you do see some translation which says this, but anybody who can speak Arabic, and this is all, the word is all throughout the Quran, and it is actually in modern-centered Arabic. It means to transgress against the laws of God. Okay, so again, this goes back to the burden of proof. So, well, you know, I kind of heard it from here. I kind of heard it from there. No, no, no. The burden of proof is upon you to understand this point and if you're going to claim you get Bahia or Lion Bari, this stuff is meaning mixing in the Arabic language, you better show some evidence for that because a lot of people speak this language. Okay. So, anyways, you keep referring back to Pliny the Ender. Oh my God, Pliny the Ender said nothing about barriers in the sea. He said nothing about internal ways. This is you are reading it into the text. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and this is why I really encourage these people share your desktop. Let us see the text. Don't just paraphrase. Oh, no, you know, it's written like that over there. Some, no, 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 no. Share and let us see, just like I am doing, okay? Uh, you did say something very good. You said, look, the barrier could refer to land. Again, possible. But if you are saying that the barrier here is referring to land, and this is another coincidence. How is this a coincidence? Because the author of the Quran did not intend to refer to the scientific fact but he accidentally, unintentionally used a choice of words which just happened to agree with science, but that's not his intention. That was a coincidence which he said with alcohol, right? That's just a coincidence. Muhammad never meant it to agree with science. He was just trying to address a social norm. Those are two coincidences now which he had to appeal to in the Quran. But the problem with the doctor, he doesn't understand what a coincidence is. The third coincidence will win the debate. How? And uh, it's time. Okay. Uh, for evaluating whether a coincidence rate is expected, one has to have a denominator of the number of things we're looking at. And when you're looking at a very long text, 
there will be many coincidences. Uh, some people spend their days just counting number of words and concluding in, in, a, in a pseudoscience that they call numerology, concluding, oh, th there's that many words here, there's that many words on that page, and they, they detect coded language that doesn't even exist. So to evaluate whether a number of coincidence wins as you present it, it's not when you get to three you win. You have to know how much mm -hmm. expectation do I have that there would be right things said in the Quran, wrong things said in the Quran. How would it compare to text of the same era and whether it would make more errors or less error than those texts. And up to now, you've not even talked about errors in the Quran. And so we are unfit here to make a statistical calculation around this. There will be no case that you can make on coincidences and, and probabilities because you don't count probabilities properly for a scientific analysis. Okay, I want to I wanna, uh, very quickly go back to ants. I know I haven't been addressing a lot of points in this debate. Sorry, I'm just trying to play catch up. Okay, now you mentioned ants, that, they, that people knew that ants communicated. Uh, I think you might have misunderstood my point. The issue is ants talk. They literally make noise. Talking ants. This is a modern-day uh, scientific discovery. So um, what we see here is not just there's two scientifically correct statements referring to ants. Number one, they've vocalize. They vocalize and make sound, which is exactly what we read in the Quran. Secondly, they sound off an alarm. These are two scientifically correct statements. Now, the issue of scientific errors, that's my favorite topic. Let me tell you something. It's the atheists who are running away from that topic. It's not me. Okay. I have already put out the challenge. I would love for them to come, but they are not coming forward to debate because they have lost the debate on that. Okay. So if you don't see debates on on Quran and scientific errors, it's not our fault. I am, I've been working with James to put this debate together, but the atheists are running away because they see it as an unwinnable debate for them. But for this debate, where scientific errors play a role is scientific errors pertaining to alcohol, scientific errors pertaining to ants, scientific errors pertaining to seeds, because if you, because that will help explain how he's getting this information. Okay, so let me ask you a very quick question. Do you see any scientific error related to alcohol in the Quran that, doc that contradicts documented scientific fact? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, and what is that? Uh, the Quran claims that Satan uh, wants you to drink for uh, being socially uh, envious, socially uninviable. Uh, there is no evidence that there is a Satan guy wanting that. Okay, that is not a scientific contradiction. Okay, when it comes to God, okay, well, let me just say, when it comes to God and angels, science doesn't deal with this kind of stuff. <laughs> they can't confirm or deny that. Doctor, you don't know what a scientific contradiction is. Well, Satan is a factual claim. The idea that there is some agent out there who wants things, who wants me to drink alcohol. That is a factual and verifiable statement. The way we verify this is by asking, is there any evidence of the will of this creature unto me? Is there any input in the physical world that a creature that seems to come from heaven and maybe is red and maybe has little horns? And we ask, do we see such a creature? There is no such creature and therefore the beliefs in the Quran about this agent existing in the sky or wherever 
uh, are false. They are false scientifically. Okay, problem is, you know, I'm really shocked to hear this coming from a scientist yourself that you don't even understand the scientific position related to the supernatural. Okay, first of all, science doesn't deal with the supernatural. Science does not have a problem with the belief in gods and goddesses, heaven, angels. That is not something which the scientific community really uh, is concerned with. So let me go ahead and share a reference to you. Uh, to educate you, because I think that's where the problem here is. You seem to have some misunderstanding about what science actually teaches regarding the supernatural, because you think it's the mere fact that the Quran is talking about something supernatural. That means it is wrong. No, that is not the position of the scientific community on this issue. So let me go ahead and share with you. Uh, let me share my desktop over here real quick. Um, uh, Let's see. Yeah, here we go. Uh, let me. I'm going to share my desktop just so we can all educate ourselves on what is science and what is not. And you'll see they don't have a problem with belief. What you're doing, you're confusing your your atheist beliefs with science, and they're two different things. Okay. Yeah, I know atheists don't like that, but not the scientific community. Do you want to just let JF have a quick re, uh, response to you? I'll let him continue because okay. he didn't get to his point. He's just spinning yeah. in emptiness. So give it, okay. give him a chance. Okay, so here's... You have the whole two is, minutes? This is Dr. Yeah, William another, another two minutes of that. All right. Scientists say nothing about the supernatural because science has nothing to say about the supernatural world does not mean that it denies the supernatural world. Science by no means, uh, uh, by no means unique is having nothing to say about the supernatural world. So the point here is, this, that from a scientific point of view, the belief in angels, gods, heaven, and hell, they're not going to confirm or deny that, okay? So going back to the issue of alcohol, because the Quran gave a reason, listen, Satan's going to wishes to misguide you regarding alcohol. This does not contradict documented scientific fact. I ask you, where does it contradict documented scientific scientific fact, not your atheist doctrines. Of course, the Quran does contradict atheist doctrines, but that's not science. So you need to get that correct. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk. Well, I think it's a false conception that I have to come here and deny the existence of Satan. Uh, I have, uh, when you do science, you have axioms about how you will undertake the scientific method and what are your philosophical priors about the way you will undertake science. And for example, necessarily science implies some form of empiricism, some form of gathering of information from the environment. But it's not the only uh, principle that underlies science. Another principle that underlies, in my view, a proper scientific method is the Occam's razor that uh, explanations should not be given that are more complex than needed to explain the facts that ends. And Satan is an explanation that violates the Occam's razor. So between the option of saying Satan wants me to drink so that I can be evil toward my loved ones, or there is no Satan and alcohol is just a physical product in the universe and we've evolved in a way that our brain responds to it in certain ways. Uh, I choose number two because it, it involves less assumptions about things that I don't see. And so, yes, it's part of science to adhere to philosophical principles as part of your empirical approach. Okay, so let me, you know, I think you're having another, you're, you're confused between what is documented scientific fact, as I have shown you in literatures and 
and what the scientific community have presented. And that between your personal beliefs as an atheist, science doesn't have a problem with belief in devils, angels, gods, or goddesses. They don't have, <laughs> there's no issue there between the between that and science, okay? They do not confirm or deny that. So the issue which I'm asking you, documented scientific fact, meaning I can take a journal and I can take the Quran, and you have to produce that journal. You have to produce the scientific literature and show a contradiction between the two related to alcohol, seas, and what did I, alcohol, seas, and ants. That's at least what I've shown so far. Unfortunately, I have more, but just regarding this, no, there's no scientific contradiction at all. So the issue, so this is, I think I have compiled enough evidence now to rule out cops. Why? Because the Quran is consistently uh, document, uh, making statements which agree with modern science, and yet, as I've shown you, number one, there's no scientific error. By definition, what I mean, doctor, you got to produce a documented scientific fact which, um, which the Quran contradicts. So if you can show me from a scientific publication that there are no such things as devils, there's no such things as angels, this is wrong, I will say, subhanAllah. The Quran well, uh, science, <laughs> but what we have documentation. Here... If you don't produce documentation, then please don't respond to that. Okay, because I'll, I'll I'll ask you for your documentation. So here we see the Quran is making uh, statements without without error or any traces of copying, plagiarism, or or borrowing from or doing doing some kind of research. What we call scientific chicken scratch. So how do you explain that? Well, uh, what we have here is a move of the goalposts. Nadir opened up this debate by saying that it would prove that whoever wrote the Quran had to have some kind of divine inspiration. And now he's asking me to prove that the Quran is wrong on multiple points, which I'm not even here to prove. Uh, the question is whether the words that he showed tonight are sufficient to invoke a supernatural being and whether they demand a supernatural being. They don't, of course, because these words existed in other forms before, hundreds of years before the Quran was published. So no, uh, I, it's, it's not a matter of proving the Quran wrong, by the way, because ultimately... A statement can be compatible with every instance of science if you make it supernatural. I could state right here, uh, supernatural purple ponies exist everywhere. And that statement is not at odds with any statement of science by your definition, because, oh, it's a, it's a statement about the supernatural, so it can't be wrong by scientific standard. Uh, the mere agreement of a sentence with current science is super easy to get. That doesn't mean you have any insight on the world, and the people who wrote the Quran didn't have much more insight than an average person at the time, clearly, or else they would have used much more precise words to describe what they thought they understood about the world. Okay, so, you know, you, you say, I want to at least agree with one thing you're saying, that, you know, look, the issue is just if you see an agreement between science, that doesn't automatically make it a, a miracle. You know, you say it's super easy to get uh, this type of scientific information. Uh, no, it's not. What is not easy to get is what you find in the Quran, that the Quran made two statements on scientifically correct statements on alcohol, three on seas, two on ants, and I have much more, but unfortunately I'm running out of time. But I think I've compiled enough to make that claim now. Look, 
the what is what is amazing. You see, it's not if you can come across this material. That's where you're confused on. You're thinking, okay, I think you can find some way of how I can come across this material. But this, but the miracle of the Quran is how are you doing it? Okay, you could borrow from some previous source, but if you do that, you're going to copy the scientific errors in there. You're going, we're going to see evidences and traces of your plagiarism. If so, so that theory doesn't work because we don't find that with the verses pertaining to seas, um, with ants and 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 alcohol. We don't see any evidence of that. So the, the, the scientific miracle is in the frequency of how it consecutively, continuously gets it right again and again and again without scientific error. Because the scientific error would be a good indication that he's borrowing or he's a, he's a scientist himself. And, and that is where I think you are being defeated here. You cannot provide us an explanation for what we see in the Quran where it is consistently getting it right without making an error or any traces of borrowing from another source. So I'm going to give you another opportunity to provide a reasonable explanation. Go ahead. Well, I've inserted a very uh, important aspect to cups at the beginning of this debate, and now it's time for me to unpack it. I said there is such a thing as loose inspiration. Uh, and we certainly know that Muhammad had access to the Bible to uh, texts that were from religious traditions before him, and he was greatly inspired by it, and he was at time trying to do better than it. So would it be really surprising that he would have access to other Roman texts than those that are religious in nature? No, it wouldn't be surprising. And so when I talk of Pliny the Elder, I'm talking about someone who was present in the libraries at the time. So is it possible that a loose inspiration path that was not plagiarism, but it was simply that Pliny the Elder got read by someone who eventually entertained certain ideas to uh, the prophet, which resulted in it being inserted in the Quran? It is absolutely possible. Uh, I think that this lays out my case sufficiently to say that this is infinitely more interesting from an Occam's razor perspective than invoking a supernatural being to explain why someone would know that two seas can be separated by something. Okay, that in no way explains what we are seeing in the Quran. I had the question, and let, let me just repeat to you very quickly where the scientific miracle is. Okay, so let me share my desktop over here. What we are seeing in the Quran is the Quran avoids scientifically wrong views, which was held at that time. The Quran agrees with science, and there's no traces of how this knowledge was acquired. There's no evidence of plagiarism, which you are conceding. There's no evidence of calculation, postulants, trials, errors related to the scientific information, which I'm presenting to you. I asked you, how can a guy pull this off? How can he pull the stunt off? He says, well, you know, the information can be handed from one generation to the next. And Muhammad basically had the Bible to follow. But the problem is that the Bible is riddled with scientific errors. That's why Christian apologists like David Wood and others and them, they run away from this type of debate. The Christians on modern day debate, they will never debate this topic because they know it's filled uh, because they're, the Bible is indefensible. And, and so that is using the Bible as a perfect source is not going to happen. But I'm glad you raised that issue because not only does the Quran 
you know, uh, you know, have scientifically correct information in it. The Quran also corrects the scientific errors in the Bible because in the Bible it says over here in Mark chapter four verse thirty, Jesus says that the mustard seed is the smallest seed that you plant in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds. So, but the Quran also, you, and this is by the way scientifically inaccurate. Why? Because the mustard seed is not the smallest seed. Orchid seeds and other seeds are much smaller. <laughs> but the Quran also uses a mustard seed analogy. But guess what's missing? You got it. The part about the mustard seed being the smallest seed is not in the Quran. So here we see the Quran omits the scientific error of the Bible. So once again, I want to give you another opportunity to present a sensible explanation for all the scientifically correct statement in the Quran. Go ahead. It is not hard to be compatible with science, as I've demonstrated. The statement, there are supernatural purple ponies everywhere, is compatible with science by your standard. So I would have your three green check marks. They would be checked on that statement instantly. Now, on the question of the mustard seed, uh, I think you are giving a very poor reading and a strawmond reading of the statement in the Bible. It is not said that the mustard seed as the smallest seed of all possible plants everywhere. It is said it is the smallest seed you plant. And so it was probably the smallest seed that the farmers who were planting seeds at that time in that location were planting. Uh, and at the same time, one has to recognize that the statement was just to highlight the difference between the size of a seed and the size of a plant. The person who wrote this for the Bible uh, wanted to make a statement that there is no, not much of a relationship in the sense that big seeds can lead to small plants and small seed can lead to big plants. It's absolutely exaggerated to make a claim that this was a statement with a backing of science to it. It was merely a description of the way people were living back then, which presumably included a limited set of seeds that they were working with. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, let me uh, let's take your statement. I forgot to address it. Sorry. Supernatural ponies everywhere. Come on, doctor. What science produced to me the scientific document? Because remember, all my notes, I have the scientific literature, peer-reviewed journals, and I match it up with the Quran. Can you take your statement, supernatural ponies everywhere? What statement of science does that agree with and then how does this ever even explain what is being presented what the challenge i'm asking you okay this this is ridiculous okay now regarding your statement about the bible you know that uh, it, the actual the actual quote which i was uh, quoting for you uh it, it, there is a verse in the bible which says it is the smallest of all seeds matthew chapter 13 verse 31 so you see now you're stuck here if this is going to trigger the Islamic debate victory, how? Because he has to concede tonight that this is a coincidence, that the Quran uh, um, omitted the scientific error of the Bible. Why will that trigger the Islamic debate victory? Because he already used coincidence for the alcohol verse. He used coincidence for a lot, a lot here in tonight's debate. Well, by definition, a coincidence is something which is unexpected. Oh, huh, look at that right there. It just happen to agree with science. That wasn't my intention. But if you have already seen it happen two or three times before, or well, one or two times before, then this cannot be a coincidence. 
that 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 contradict this coincidence cannot explain that. So now the the mustard seed is really where the debate winning argument is. You cannot consistently agree with modern science, omit scientific errors, all within one book, and pass that all off as coincidence. Oh, Muhammad didn't really mean to refer to the picnic line. It was just land. Oh, he didn't really mean to refer to alcohol as being bad for you. He was really trying to condemn what the devil's. That can only work one or two times. That's but time. it cannot work three times in a row. All right. So I've not invoked coincidence. I have invoked explanation for each of the points I made tonight. I said that there could have been paths of loose inspiration coming from Pliny the Elder, perhaps also plagiarism, who knows. I've made the case that on alcohol there was clearly a scientific process going on back then where people were empirically observing their friends being drunk and saying, all right, this is bad because it leads to social enmity. So at no point in this time, in this debate, have I invoked the word coincidence, but Nadir keeps bringing it back. But there is something really fascinating that just happened in this last statement of Nadir. He asked, uh, provide me the scientific evidence for these supernatural purple ponies. When in fact, earlier, he was giving us a lesson saying that science cannot possibly ask for things that are of the supernatural kind. And here you can see a great defect in the personality of Nadir, which is that he doesn't apply his own principle to himself, and he's not consistent in inspecting his own statements as he is in inspecting that of atheists like me or infidels. And I think this is a mark of a tactic that's called takia, and I think it's absolutely dishonest. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, the problem here is when you object to the Quran, you're objecting it to it because it talks about a supernatural entity like devils, demons, and things like that. And that's fine, but that is a belief you hold as an atheist. See, you're not objecting to the Quran based upon it uh, contradicting documented scientific fact, uh, which is pertaining to the alcohol, which is pertaining to the must, uh, to uh, mustard seed and seeds. Because the, the issue is this, you keep going back to Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder proves once again that the Quran is a scientific miracle. How? Pliny the Elder shows you the roadmap. It shows you the process of what it takes to get scientifically correct statements. It comes through trial and error. Plenty, you made a false statement that, oh, there's so many correct statements and plenty of No, there's not. It's full of scientific errors. He said that the water, I'll just give you one. He said that the water in the ocean comes from these pipes. Now, he did get some things right, but this is my point. Pliny the Elder's work is filled with hypotheses, theories, uh, postulums. It's filled with scientific errors. And then you get some scientifically correct statements. There are some good things in there, but we cannot find that in the Quran. So by you appealing to Pliny the Elder, it is you have actually shot yourself in the foot because you are showing that, look, this is what it takes to get scientifically correct statements, postulum, theories, hypothesis. And when you read, read Pliny the Elders, you can see all this. But you can't find that in the Quran because a scientific miracle of the Quran is not if you can come up with a scientific information, but how are you doing it? How are you talking about something you don't know nothing about and you're not making an error? The scientific miracle is in the lack of scientific errors pertaining to alcohol, lack of scientific errors pertaining to ants, lack of scientific errors pertaining to the seas. You can't keep getting it right Man, every time, time, all the time. 
All right. As far as I'm concerned, I've uh, exhausted the points, but I would just want to correct one last thing about the statement of Pliny the Elder. And I would say to anyone, if you really want to know what uh, deep insight is from science, from someone who just adopts the scientific perspective, even in a very distant era in the past, go read Pliny the Elder, Natural History, Insight on Planets, Geography, um the stars uh insight on so much on gravity on the the flow of water and how it works uh absolutely fascinating for the time but it's not true that he said that water was coming out of pipe he said spring fort as out of pipes so he was comparing the way in which rivers will drop into the ocean and he says it's kind of like a pipe he's not saying it's a pipe he's saying it's kind of like a pipe it's wrong <laughs> okay, so I think that so here we have reached, I think, uh, uh, you know, the point in our debate. I just want to, uh, I don't know, how, how much time do we have left uh, before we go to question and answers? Uh, we have 10 minutes left, but we can cut it whenever you want. Okay, wonderful. So, so no, no, we're good because I think we have reached a point where the, our neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Friend over here, he doesn't have an explanation for what we are seeing in the Quran. You see, the miracle which is really being I'm, let me share my desktop over here the miracle which we are really seeing over here is not okay well here's how you can get that how if you can get the scientific knowledge maybe you can research it maybe you could copy from a different source but how are you doing it perfectly uh-uh that makes no sense and and this is where he's being i think he does not have an explanation and that's exactly what i wanted to point out to you he said just go to plenty of the elder plenty of the elder no, that book does have scientific errors in it, and you're not going to deny that. And Pliny the Elder looks nothing like what we see in the Quran. And so, and so that is, uh, once again, this is something which is being... Uh, which Are you trying really, to share your desktop again? Yeah. Uh, can you... Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, so let me go. Let me, so, so let's keep going here since we do have time. Um, and so we talked about... Let's, let's, let's talk about, about, about sperm, because I think you did have some good points on this here. So basically... Once again, let us keep going on this thread and find more scientifically accurate statements. We read it. So basically, what determines the gender? What determines the gender of a baby is actually the daddy sperm, as we can see inside um, uh, in the text in front of me. Now, when you ask the people, the ancient, ancients, what did they believe? Let's go to Aristotle. They believe it was, um, it was a characterized by an abundance, a superior element of fire, some people, Roman and Hippocrates, said the male offspring comes from the right side. Uh, even Ibn Taymiyyah says there's no natural cause. And the list. Do you guys on. want to do away with the timer for the last ten minutes? Uh, yeah, let him uh, make his full point, and then I'll do my full response yeah. to it. Yeah, and so uh, and so that and so we see over here, like in this text over here, if the woman emits her semen first, she bears a male child. All of these are scientifically inaccurate statements. Ah, but what does the Quran state over here? The Quran state, and that it is he who creates the two mates, the male and the female, from the sperm. Word for word agreement is what we see in silence. Science that it says basically that the sperm comes from. I'm sorry, that the gender is determined by the sperm. So once again, we see agreement. Now, I think the doctor is going to say, "Oh, but why is an egg mentioned and things like that?" Go ahead, and I'll, I'll respond to that. Well, uh, uh, first, we're going to let JF have the last word since you had the first word, uh, Nadir. So um, if you have anything else to say, you have another couple minutes before his last five minutes are up. Okay, well, well, why don't we just go one minute back and forth and then that way I can respond right back to him. 
Okay, and then I'll do the last word at the end of these one minute alternance. So uh, furthermore, so <laughs> you have uh, you have presented ancient ideas about sperm and you have not presented the one that matters, which comes from ancient Egypt. And in ancient Egypt, they had a myth that totally resembles the one from the Quran, where sperm comes to create the pairs of male and female. I quote from a dailyhistory.org uh, article called What Were the Ancient Egyptian Creation Myths? Theologically speaking, the Eleopolitan myth was the most straightforward and concrete of the cosmogonies as it involved the atom emerging from a primordial mound and then creating the first four generations of male-female pairs, which became known as the Enead. Creation in this myth, therefore, was the result of pure will and is a process with a definite beginning and end. And here's how it is described in the myth itself from ancient Egypt, that's uh, 2,400 years before Christ. Atom is he who once came into being, who masturbated in on. He took his phallus in his grasp that he might create orgasm by means of it, and so were born the twins Shu and Tefanet, who are who are male and female. <clears throat> May they put the king between them and set the king among the gods in front of the field of offerings. So this represents a belief back then that sperm even sperm emerging from masturbation could lead to a male and a female. So it, it wasn't an understanding that sperm determines sex. It was an understanding that sperm causes birth and it causes the birth of both females and males. And so it was not understood back then that sperm would mix with the egg in the human female because the egg of the human female was not observed. So it's just a common belief at the time that sperm was the only visible and therefore only known agent to cause human beings to come into existence. Okay. So, so yeah, thank you for, for bringing that article up because this kind of shows that what you are doing, you are reading the science you want into ancient texts. In fact, what I can do for you, why don't you provide for me that article so I can share my desktop, I can show what you're reading from, and I can show that it nowhere does it say that the sperm is uh, determines the male and the female. You're reading that into the text. Uh, but anyway, the whole exercise is pointless because it has already been proved tonight. How are you able to through all of that literature in the past where it has scientific errors, you got Aristotle, Hippocrates, you've got all these people who are making scientifically inaccurate statements when it comes to what determines the gender. How are you able to go and find through this big mess what is a scientifically correct statement out of all of that? That's impossible. That's nonsense. And anybody who believes in something like that, you know what? It takes more faith to believe in something so preposterous as that than to believe in God. That's why I believe in God. But like I said, you are reading into the text what's not there. But even if it was there, it still doesn't prove anything. It's a defeated argument because if the author of the Quran was doing what you are saying, this is a doomed prospect because trying to copy from these ancient texts is stupid. You are going to get caught. You are going to copy the scientific errors. You are going to copy a law. We're going to see traces of evidence of your plagiarism in the Quran from this text which you're quoting from. But we don't find any of that in the Quran. So the problem is you are running away from a noble truth. 
and that is a scientific accurate statements in the Quran cannot be explained from a uh, naturally. It cannot be explained. Oh, well, he's just copying from some other source. It cannot be explained. Oh, he's just researching okay. it. None of that makes sense. There's All right. In conclusion, give, give me the article. Can you give me the article so I can share it? I, I, I've I've sent it in the private chat. You can click to it. Okay. You've also received it by email before the show. Nadir is confused here. Uh, I've not stated that the ancient Egypt myth shows an understanding of sex determination by the sperm. In fact, they didn't understand it, just like the Quran didn't understand it. What I'm saying is that people back then understood that sperm causes male and females to be born. That was known, but they, they didn't understand, and it's not indicated in the Quran that there is sex determination happening from the sperm. What's happening is that it is mentioned that at the moment of ejaculation, sperm led to male and female to the pair so it's it's really the understanding that sperm leads to both kind of babies rather than the understanding that sperm determines which kind the baby will be in fact uh, the quran is actually incorrect if you were to if you were to interpret the quran statement about sperm to mean that it is sex determination it would be scientifically wrong because the sex determination would then be said in the Quran to happen at the moment of ejaculation, when in fact sex determination happens when the particular sperm cell that combines with the egg, that fertilizes the egg, uh, is chosen. And that happens inside the belly of the woman as the fertilization moment, not at the ejaculation moment. So you can read that current statement both ways. You can say, oh, you can take Nadir's interpretation, but then the Quran is wrong. Or you can take my interpretation, which is that it makes no statement at all on the mechanism of sex determination. In fact, they don't even know that the egg exists. So how could they have this question in their mind? Okay. That is it for today. So my conclusion on all of it is... Uh, I've not seen any proof that we need a divine intervention to explain the Quran. It is a text that is probably loosely inspired from a lot of things that were common at the time, a lot of things that you could find in libraries, and a lot of things that were presumably available to them then. All right. Thank you so much, JF. Thank you so much, Nadir. That'll be the conclusion of our open discussion. We're going to go ahead and kick it into the Q&A. But right now, I just want to remind everyone that our guests are linked in the description below, whether you're listening on the podcast or via YouTube. So please check them out if you are interested. If you like what you've heard tonight, they are the lifeblood of the show. And we really do appreciate them both for coming out tonight and giving you as a good show. So please, please do check them out. And uh, I just want to remind everyone uh, that if you've sent in uh, Super Chats, uh, those will be given priority. They'll be read first. So if you have a question for them um we do have quite a few tonight so um if you uh continue sending super chats uh, at some point they will not be read uh and i'll give you guys uh, an indication of that as soon as i can figure that out but uh i do want to remind you guys to keep it civil um attack the argument not the person insults are not going to be read and that goes for the uh, general discourse in the live chat as well our invaluable moderators work tirelessly to elevate the conversation so please show them some love and um the debaters as well please respect them don't hurl insults and personal attacks um and hit the subscribe button hit the like button don't forget to do that please show james some love and um with that i'm going to go ahead and get our first question queued up for the debaters 
we have, and uh, let me uh, start my timer here for 30 minutes too. And if, Kaz, if you could just ask the audience, keep it on topic on what we have been discussed. And a lot of times what happens, they'll try to attack Islam from other issues which are not even related to what we're talking about. So uh, let's keep it on topic. I see. Well, if I can ask a question that's totally off topic, you can totally just tell me that you don't okay. want to answer it. And we will just right. skip it. Um, so our first question uh, from uh, Benjamin, uh, I believe that's Iota, for $2. The moon split in two halves as claimed by al -Quran. Off topic. Off topic. Off Come topic. on. We're not talking about there moon There you splits. go. Uh, Joe Schwartz for four ninety nine. JF, what's your favorite thing about Islam? Nadir, what's your favorite thing about atheism? Uh, my favorite thing is the stability of the family. You know, my favorite thing about atheism is I like how they cross-examine religions and point out the problems with religion. Uh, I really like that. There's a lot of things, actually, I like about atheism. I, I would be here, I'd spend at least 10 minutes talking about it. All right, thank you so much. Um, so what I'm going to do is because I did not uh, warn the um, the chatters beforehand about uh, not insulting you guys, I'm going to uh, I'm going to read these chats in the most charitable way possible. So uh, five dollars from Sunflyer Nadir, your cops mnemonic device is interesting, but where does it come from, and why should we trust it? Uh, well, cops basically where it comes from is something I devised from just listening to all the. When you look at, I try to compile what are the natural possibilities which can explain away uh, scientifically correct statements. Since I've been doing this for almost 25 years, I thought I was a good person to put together that an acronym. But I think what is, what is important tonight in this debate, which was pointed out, is that there is a clear, consistent pattern of scientifically correct statements in the Quran which cops cannot account for. And that's where the miracle is. You know, it's not so much, okay, well, if you can come across this material, it's how did you do it? That's where the scientific miracle is. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, from Aziri Schizophrenia, um, I don't recognize this uh, currency, uh, but 39 of it for, I'm not sure who this is from either, so I'll just read it. Does Islam approve having cattle? who don't even know that Islam, what Islam stands for, who doesn't even know the Quran and Hadith, who work other jobs and give a lot of money to Islam. I'm not sure I understand that question. Do you? Does Islam approve having cattle, quote unquote, who don't even know what Islam stands for, who don't know the Quran and Hadith, who work other jobs and give a lot of money to Islam. I believe there's a kind of a language barrier, so there's some... Uh... Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. Sorry. I think he means that there are certain parts of the Islam community across the world that are poorly informed about Islam and yet are basically members of Islam for protection and for social standing, but they, they wouldn't understand the Quran nor your intellectual points about it. Right. No, they can still be considered Muslims so long as they believe in the, in the very basic fundamentals. And that is, there is one God, and nothing is really worthy of worship except that one God. Gotcha. Thank you so much. All right. A $10 super chat from John Jay. Well, we're really flying through these. We might actually get to the regular questions. Um, for JFG, this is a comment. It says, JFG, the OG king of the super chats. All right. Thank you. Uh, 
$10 super chat from Oflamio. Why don't you, Nadir Ahmed, and other Muslims make anthropological argument for the Quran as a science book? The second time on Modern Day Debate, an easy win thrown away. Aaron Ra and J.F. Garipay know their opponents. Well, there well, so basically, I have actually asked Aaron Ra, why don't you come and debate me on this? But Aaron Ra has backed away. Why? Because of scientific evidence, which you have seen tonight, he is not going to be able to beat that. He knows it. So now, actually, he went out to go debate ignorant people, anonymous people. Come on. He discredited himself by doing that. I'm ready right here now to take on all these guys. But the Islamic there, the Islamic debate winning argument, since you've raised that, is that when we look at the when we look at the Quran, for all the verses, there are no scientific errors and there's no traces of copying. How do you pull that stunt off? Dr. Gipe was not able to provide a sensible explanation for that. And, and, and that is where the Islamic debate victory is. So he didn't win this debate. You know, this is a debate winning argument. So what's happening here is that he's the, the atheist who wrote that. This is just a, a, a pledge of allegiance. He's just showing support for his team. But come on, we all saw what happened over here tonight. Okay. And so, and so you'll find a lot of this kind of stuff take place. Gotcha. Thanks so much. And I actually get a super chat for me. I feel so special from Samir Rao. For four ninety nine, moderator, please let the debaters talk. Both JF and Nadir have been civil. I've enjoyed the debate, but the time thing interrupts the flow. And I agree. Actually, you both have been very civil tonight, and um, I'm very um, proud of you guys. I'm uh, proud of the production that we've done tonight. Um, I couldn't ask for more um, in terms of civility and the time thing. Uh, does anybody want to make a comment? Yeah, I was safe to the credit of Kaz. I don't think uh, I don't think he wanted the, the time thing. I think it emerged, and the three of us said, "Okay, we'll do the time thing." But it wasn't him who imposed it on us. Yes. Yeah, so um, this was agreed upon before the show began. Um, it was uh, in the effort to make the make sure that the conversation went civilly, and um, I think it worked out well. Um, who knows what it would have been had we did not had we not done it. So mm -hmm. maybe next time we won't. But um, thank you for the feedback. We do appreciate it, Samar. Um, Doc Pelorama. I'm sorry. Pelor Pelorama not. Doc Pelorama not. From $10. And the fruit of the date palm and grapes, whence ye derive strong drink and also good nourishment. Lo, therein is indeed a portent mm -hmm. For people who have sense. Surah 1667. Need five plus translations? So I think what the uh, what the questioner is basically bringing on over here is he's trying to show, okay, the Quran is actually saying something good about alcohol. And that's perfectly fine. From a scientific point of view, you could find good things being said about alcohol. But the scientific, but the consensus of the scientific community is a bad outweighs the good. And that's exactly what we find in the Quran, a scientifically correct statement out of an ocean of scientific inaccuracy. You see, even till today, people can't get the stuff right. How did a man 1400 years ago, illiterate man, get it right on alcohol when people today can't get it right? So I also want to bring back, uh, kind of ask a point here of Dr. Rippey. He was mentioning the thing about alk about ejaculation that conception happens at ejaculation. The Quran doesn't say that. Okay, so if I were to tell, ask you, hey man, when are you gonna give my money? 
you're probably going to say, when I get my paycheck. Does it mean at that exact minute, when, as soon as the paycheck enters the bank, you're going to give my money? No, what, when we say when it, this happens, what it means is first, this must happen, then I can give your money. So the Quran doesn't say that the ejaculation, I'm sorry, conceptions happened at exact ejaculation time. But I didn't say that it was okay. a conception happening. I said sex determination. Yeah, uh, if Quran you have that. your reading of the Quran, which is that this very statement is about sex determination, mm -hmm. then think about it, look at the statement, and you'd realize it has to be that sex determination happens at the moment of the ejection of the sperm into the air. That's and not so, the Quran yes, says. That, yes, well, <laughs> sure. it, it, okay. I agree with you. It's not what the Quran says. What the Quran actually says is it says nothing about sex determination. It just says that sperm will lead to males and females. That's sex determination. <laughs> no, because it doesn't say that sperm will determine which one it is. It says that sperm will just lead to human beings. And that was Little known at the beings. time, as I've demonstrated. It was known, in fact, it was known 3,000 years before uh, Islam. Okay, no, it wasn't known 3,000 years before Islam. You're reading that. Yes, because I've quoted the ancient okay. Egypt text that shows it. Okay, so maybe there's a whole other debate just on this one yeah, topic. Yeah, you're just reading that stuff into the Quran. But can I say one thing to that? Look, let's just be reasonable, okay? The Quran, what the literal text of the Quran says, male and female is from the sperm. That's a literal translation. Now, I'm let's say that the interpretation which you have raised, let's say that's one of the many valid interpretations. Okay, let's just agree that there is a non-scientific interpretation. But I hope you can also recognize that the way I'm reading the Bible, I'm sorry, reading the Quran is also a valid interpretation. I'm not doing scripture bending here. And so may, can we agree that there's two valid interpretations to the text? Can you agree with that? No, uh, I cannot agree with your Why interpretation. Why don't you accept my interpretation? Because to have the idea that your statement in the Quran is about sex determination, they will need to have had an understanding that there was an egg that was the alternative mm -hmm. to sex determination. They didn't okay. understand that, and therefore it's very unlikely or, or in fact impossible that they could have meant that the sperm determines the sex. Okay, so you're saying because the Quran doesn't mention anything about the egg, right? And therefore uh, you're not accepting it, is that correct? Well, they don't have an understanding that there was an okay. alternative to sperm leading okay. to human beings. The Quran is not mentioning the egg. So here I have an article for, from a scientific science, science daily. This is talking about sex determination. Let's do a control F. You can see it is talking about sperm. Okay, it lights up. Now let's look up the word egg. Nothing. So now you need to be consistent now. You should go and you should now make that same accusation to these scientific researchers. And I have many examples like this where people are only mentioning the sperm, but not egg. But it's okay for the scientific community to do that, but okay. not the Quran. Let's move on. I, I would ask that you send me the link to this, but I, I don't believe you. I'm sure there's an equivalent term like gamete. They might say the term gamete. Okay, let's look at the word gamete. Well, let's move on, gentlemen. Uh, we can, yeah, uh, this. We, let's settle it later on. <laughs> All right. We have a 999 from Samar Rao for uh, Nadir saying that there okay, saying that there are three coincidences in a row, therefore the Quran is true, is meaningless. It doesn't provide any insight to why there are in the Quran. They are in the Quran. You aren't no, grappling yeah. with JF's point. 
No, that will trigger the victory, and I'll tell you why. Because if you are if you are going to sit here and say that the scientific scientifically correct verses is the first one with a coincidence, okay, that's fine. Second one, you're going to say, oh well, that's just another coincidence. Okay, fine. We could say maybe there's two coincidences in a row. But when you say, oh wait a second, the third scientifically correct statement is a coincidence, uh-uh, that makes no sense. Why? Because coincidence, by its definition, is something which is unexpected. It is not something which you plan to see again. But if you just saw it happen two times in a row, well, guess what? That third time you're expecting it. So you cannot pass the scientifically correct statements of the Quran as coincidence, 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 coincidence. That makes no sense. But if that's really what you want to believe in, you go ahead. But to believe in God makes so much more sense than that kind of nonsense. <laughs> you see, so anyways, um, that's where that's where uh, you can only use coincidence, uh, you know, one or two times. Then you got to back off that. Gotcha. Thank you so much. All right. Five dollars from Mark Reed. Nadir, chapter 86, verses five through seven of the Quran clearly says semen proceeds from between backbone and ribs. Why is this so scientifically inaccurate? Yeah. So here's a guy who basically sat here in the debate, either he didn't listen to a single word of what is being said, because now he's going off topic, uh, now he's trying to find scientific errors in the Quran, and, and that's fine, that's fine. You'll actually find this is this is scientifically accurate. And uh, let me go and share my desktop over here, since the person uh, raised, a, raised a point here. And... Oh, I see you have a 700 pages document of scientific yeah. miracles. This is this is addressing the sci alleged scientific errors. <laughs> Nadir, is it's this a document lot. available somewhere? No, no. Is this yeah, document what, online? Is this available on Google Drive or something? No, it's not. This is just kind of my personal. We've thing. only seen the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, you should make it available on Google this. Drive. Yeah, I, I should. Yeah, you should give it to um. You should send me the link, and I should give it to James, and he should put it in the description of this video. Make sure it's yeah. not editable. Sure. Okay. Well, let me let me quickly address the issue over here, and I will show you that you know when we talk about between the backbone and the ribs, uh, here's the backbone right here, and here's the ribs. And what you will see from the scientific community, they talk the backbone of the ribs. Everybody understood this to be this thoracic cavity, but there's also another. Uh, place in, on the human body between the backbone and the ribs, and that's this area right over here. For example, I'll just quote to you this one text over here from Healthline. It says the kidneys, it goes on between the bottom of your rib cage and your hips. So that's like right over here. Why is that important? Let's go to the diagram, which is right over here. Now, when semen is ejaculated, it, it is ejaculated, it, it goes up through the vas deferens, which is right above uh, the bladder. And then finally, it goes out through the penis. Now, notice where it is. If we were to put X and Y over here, it's directly between the backbone and the ribs, which is right over here. So this is a scientifically accurate statement, as you can see from the diagram over here, between the backbone and the ribs. Once you take the factor that the semen is being sent right up through this vas deferens, which you see right over here. So it's scientifically accurate. Now, I'll also go back and ask, where is Aaron Roth? Why is he debating right. anonymous people? You should let's, come let's, and debate Let's leave Ra out of this because <laughs> okay. he's not here to defend himself, and right. we'll let the people decide from there. Um, let's go with uh, $5 Canadian from Air Church. Nadir, in Surah 1890, we learn that the sun sets in a murky pool of water, 
Right. Haven't you been cherry picking the evidence? No, look, the issue here tonight, I've pre I'm presenting to you um, the case for Islam. I said, I'm always open and ready to debate alleged scientific errors. Islam, to be very honest with you, Islam has already won the debate on alleged scientific errors. And now it is the atheist, not me, who is in retreat. We're ready to debate this. You should take this good concern of yours and you should, I won't mention the names, but you should go to those atheist people who are a debating ignorant anonymous Muslims on modern day debate. They should take a piece of me. I'll tell you what, I'll pay $1,000 for anyone who's going to debate me on alleged scientific errors. $1,000. And that is to solidify the fact that the real reason why they're running away is because Islam has won the debate on alleged scientific errors. They know it. They know they can't beat the case, so they're running away. And they're trying to debate ignorant Muslims on the issue here. But now let me quickly address your issue here. Nowhere in the Quran does it say that the sun goes into a pool of murky waters. It doesn't state that, and I would like for anybody to show me that. But we can pick that up when we actually have a debate on the topic. Go ahead. All right. Thank you so much. We have four questions left and about 12 minutes left, 13 minutes. All right. Um, that means that if you do have another super chat, people, if you want to send it in, you might get it in there. Um, Zakura Bones for $5. Scientific accuracy is on top, is on topic. Is it scientifically accurate that Muhammad rode a flying donkey and split the moon in two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this is what we are seeing here is really the uh, type of de debate defeat where rather than addressing the, science, the Islamic debate-winning argument, which is that if you look at all the scientifically correct statements in the Quran, you can't ascribe this to just religious borrowing from Pliny the Elder or any kind of ancient sources because you'll copy along those scientifically inaccurate statements, you'll copy along uh, scientific errors, and you'll see traces of the plagiarism or, play, or traces of um, scientific research taking place in the Quran. None of that exists. That's where the scientific miracle is. The person who's trying to mock the Quran, I really wish you would have addressed that. But because you are not able to address the winning argument of this debate, uh, now you have resorted to a type of mocking, ridicule, abuse. Oh, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I don't have a problem with that. You can go and do that. So I won't respond to that. Um, I'll just repeat the Islamic debate winning argument of this debate. We can't hear you. Am I done? I mean, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Did you, I, I'm done. Okay. All right. Um, from Mr. Monster for $5. What is the number one most scientific fact in the Quran? Is that for me? I, 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 for either of you. I'll address that. Well, you know, one of the things which 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 I think which is a, one of the most profound statements in the Quran was you know, when we talk about banning alcohol, so many people have done that in the past. It's not remarkable that you've got, okay, the Quran condemns alcohol. Other people have said the same thing. But what is remarkable is the impact it has had upon humanity. 50 Muslim women are 50 times less likely to give birth to a child who's got problems with his brain or some kind of dysfunction, which is known as fetal alcohol syndrome. So when you calculate that over a period of time, you're talking about millions of children. And this is consistent with what we know a book of God is to do. It brings goodness uh, to humanity. And so it's, 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 not, it's the impact 
that it had upon society that the Quran has had, which I think is just amazing and remarkable. JF, do you have an answer for that since you haven't had it? Uh, I will just say on the question of plagiarism, uh, I don't think you have to import the errors when you plagiarize, especially when you are loosely inspired. So sometimes in the process of copying toward the future, you can take what's good or what you find good. And uh, it seems that this is what uh, the Quran has done. It has taken what was good and it has rejected the scientific method. So no, there's not a single statement that qualifies as a true scientific statement because none of it indicates how these conclusions were reached thank you so much do we really have no muslims in the chat that want to challenge jf like come on anyways uh five dollars from hitch wagster five dollars um nadir can you give a definition of coincidence that relates to expectation uh, relates to expectation um well, i'll give you an example of coincidence uh, and, 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 it, and I think it addresses the question. Let's say I walk into the airport with some digits, 10 digits going across, 10 digits going down. But when you look at it in a certain way, why it's Dr. Garapi's credit card number. It's actually there. And if you were to ask me, well, well, um, how did you get this? It looks like I can see some of his credit card numbers. Oh, no, that's not the intent. The real intent behind this digits, this, this, 10, or this 10 digit thing here is I was playing some kind of game. I had no intention of having his credit card number in there. So you could pass that off as a coincidence, but then you find another 10 uh, block of 10 digits going across, 10 digits going down, and it's Dr. Garapi's uh, insurance information and his personal information. You can kind of read it in there. Can I use uh, coincidence again? No, you cannot. Coincidence can only work once or twice. Second time, I'm going to jail because it's clear that I'm, trying to steal his identity, but I'm, I'm covering up the data in this 10-digit type of block format. You see, so, so coincidence can only work so many times. Gotcha. Thank you so much. $5 for Mr. Monster. The origin of life on Earth is a chemical reaction, and it is inevitable there is nothing by chance. Why does life need a creator? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that theory? I think it's very plausible. Now, when we look at the Quran, it is a scientific miracle. And, the, and, and I think the evidence is very clear on that. And so it is a very reasonable to make the assumption here, based on the scientific evidence of the Quran, that there is a God. And it is in your best interest, based on what you have seen here tonight, and there's more evidence, by the way, uh, to believe in that God and submit your will, because he's going to give you a good life in this life, and a good life in the next life. Gotcha. Thank you so much. And from Duck Plerama Not for $5. Honest question. Has your scientific dawah ever convinced an atheist scientist to convert? Yes. Well, he wasn't a scientist. Uh, but Atheist he, slash scientist is what they said. Uh, well, the, I had one friend in college. He looked at the scientific evidences. And yeah, he, has, he became Muslim. But what I also want to uh, let you know we have, if you look at the scientific literature, I shared one with you, uh, but there's many places where the scientific community recognized the scientific accuracy of the Quran and the statements of Prophet Muhammad. So many scientists have gone on record, and maybe we can make an occasion where I can share that with you. I shared one reference referring to fetal alcohol syndrome. Muslim women are 50 times less likely. In that study, they credited Islam for that. So we have many references where 
uh, where the scientists have honored and respected Islam for its contributions. And so, but unfortunately, like I said, it's the atheists who are dragging their feet. They don't want to come to debate uh, this with me. Gotcha. Thank you so much. So that is the end of our uh, super chats. We do have more, more questions here, and we do have about seven, six more minutes left. Um, so again, if you have a question for our debaters in the super chat, please send it in. You will go to the top of the list. I am going to try to get a question for JF here. Um, where is JF from? Love the accent. I'm from Canada. I'm a Quebecois. It's a French accent. Thank you so much. Um, let me see if I can grab you another one, just as so you haven't had the chance to answer any questions. Um, uh, so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at your email. It says that you studied monkeys. Yes, I studied monkeys at Duke University. I was making brain surgery on them. Okay, so that, that's why you wanted to debate me, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's all okay. making sense now. I got a question from Gross Patate, I think. If you were God, would you make a ball of fire and put humans on it? Think. You know, this is like way off topic from yes, where the debate is. So we need to talk about what are the arguments within this debate. And what I'm seeing is a hasty retreat of the atheists who are running away from the topic. And there are arguments in there that they're not able to answer. So I think they're drifting into other areas where they think they can score points. I would return them back to the debate, address the arguments in the debate. Here's a question for both uh, from uh, A Wizard's Wrath. Um, are you familiar with the metaphysical arguments for the existence of God? Yeah, some of them. But I, I believe the science of the Quran is the quickest, easiest way which will demonstrate that there is a God uh, uh, which exists. Yeah, I'm also aware of these arguments, but uh, they're, they're not good and metaphysics doesn't exist. Where did this come from? I've already read that. Um Okay, I'm just going to go from the top. Uh, from Paul Ding, alcohol is the scientific miracle in the Quran? No, this is one of the many scientifically correct statements that you call the cops on, and it can explain it away. It's, at this point, it is not a scientific miracle. But once you start factoring, and now you've got three correct verses pertaining to C's. Wait a second. Now cops doesn't make any sense. You can't pass this off as coincidence. You can't pass this off. Oh, he's just borrowing from some other source because it is a frequency. Uh, the, again and again and again, the Quran is making scientifically correct statements without error. That's the miracle. It's how are you doing this, which cannot be explained uh, naturalistically. Pretty sure we read this one. Uh, Nadir chapter from Mark Reed for five dollars. Nadir chapter 85, five through seven of the Quran clearly says semen proceeds from between the backbone and ribs. We did, Why is, yeah, we did read that. We right? did, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, from Croatian Christian is alcohol from Allah or Satan? Is alcohol from it, it is a it is a handiwork of Satan, that's what the Quran states. So, so, uh, so Satan created alcohol. God is a creator. Satan doesn't create anything. God has created everything. Okay, good and evil, everything God has created. Okay, gotcha. 
Um, Mohammed, okay, from Croatian. No, I'm sorry. Uh, from David Smith. Is isopropyl halal? Isopropyl, isopropyl alcohol. alcohol. Um, well, first of all, I hope no one's drinking that. Um, again, you know, if you're if you're talking about where where the where the prohibition comes is the drinking of it. Now, of course, you could use it, you know, on your skin and things like that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, so I hope that answers the question. Gotcha. Um, from Croatian Christian again, Muhammad drinks alcohol every day. That's what a hadith no, says. No, he stopped no. drinking after he got poisoned. Why don't you mention that? So I I would love to debate this with David Wood, Christian Prince, but it is they, not me, who is running away. And your Croatian Christian, I'll tell you why your Christian apologists are not doing what I'm doing. is because they know there are scientific errors in the Bible and they know they're indefensible. They know that they will that they will it will destroy their careers if they ever entertain into a debate. I'll tell you, I'll put one thousand dollars for we could just debate Islam and, and alleged scientific errors for for these people to come forward, and you will see they never will. So you should bear witness that they are frauds. You don't know, look here on modern day debate. Where are all the Christians debating science in the Bible? You're not going to find it. It irregardless of whoever you believe won, whether it's me or Dr. Gerpi. You could at least give me a pat on the back. Nadir came forward, and he's always open, ready to debate the tough topics. But it is the Christians who do not do that. Okay, so so and, and going back to your point about Muhammad drinking alcohol, believe me, I'll have a field day with those guys who have made these claims, and they will all be debunked. Okay, so this is not true. All right, so this will be the last super chat, guys. I know mm -hmm. you guys have to you, you guys have to go right away. Mm -hmm. Can we take this one last one? Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so sorry, JF. Um, yeah, no more super chats. Anybody in the chat, please. Um, from Doc Pleramadron, Pleram, so sorry, Pleramanot for five dollars. Can you cite any peer-reviewed scientific journal with a citation to the Quran? Yes, I just did. Um, in fact, that was the one which I, I can share my desk. There's actually many. Um, the one which I actually quoted for you was the one uh, pertaining to fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, let me see if I could if I could just very quickly bring that up, um, and you will see they actually did mention uh, the Quran in there. And uh, there's there's many more, but uh, let me just go and just give you this one real quick here. Um, let me go ahead and uh, bring it up over here for you, just so you could get my references. Um, here we go. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share my desktop real quick so you can see it. Um, there you go. So here we go. We could see from there's actually. I'll, I'll give you two. Here we see that fifty. They quoted that Muslim women are fifty times less likely to give to give birth to a fetal alcohol baby. Notice the statement about the Islamic faith promotes the abstinence from alcohol, and they cited that as a reason. Here's another study which was done where, the, where they basically, they were doing a study on fetal alcohol syndrome and they stated that observant Muslim women were excluded from the study, which is a big honor paid to us. Now there's a lot more. I know I'm just quoting on FAS, but unfortunately we're out of time, but you can ask me, send me an email. I'll send you more uh, peer reviewed uh, studies where Islam was cited and praised for its contribution to science. 
Gotcha. Thank you so much. And with that, I just want to also say that Mark Reed has uh, stated that he will take you up on that $1,000 challenge and he will debate you. Who's uh, Mark Reed? So he is uh, one of the uh, longtime fans of the show. I believe he may even be a moderator well, well, um, yes. in so, the so, chat. So let's talk about what's happening here. You see, what's happening here is Mark Reed is filling the void left behind by the retreating atheist and Christian apologists. And I don't have a... So, so that's what's happening here. Where are your big boys? Where's the David Woods? Where's, I don't want to mention another name, but where's that guy? Bring them over here. So, so I don't have a problem with debating you. I can do it, no problem. But you need to answer why you, what's, what's really going on over here, and that you are filling a void left behind because by, by the retreating atheists and Christians, because they know they're not able to uh, to to win a debate on Quran and science, and they have suffered terrible losses in the past. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nadir, and thank you, Jaya, for uh, for uh, participating in this lively discussion. Thank you both so much. Uh, this was a great great conversation. I really appreciate you both for being so civil, mm -hmm. for um, for letting each other talk, and and just just maintaining the the discourse as you have tonight. Um, I want to thank our moderators for in the chat for. Uh, maintain the discourse as well. Thank you all in the chat for uh, for maintaining the discourse and uh, for keeping things civil. I want to thank James for creating this platform. Uh, thank you to everybody else. Um, just want to say that our guests are linked in the description below. If you uh, like what you've heard tonight, please don't forget to uh, check them out. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, and if you have time, I just want to get to where I'm supposed to be on this thing. Yeah. Well, you figure it out, I will simply say uh, I have a post-debate stream on my Odyssey channel. The link is in the description below if you'd like to see me live again tonight. Nice. Thank you so much. Is that already in there? Okay, good. Uh, and um, yeah, that's about it. So with that, just make sure you subscribe so you can check out the next uh, debate and keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. So thank you so much and we are out of here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.